All right, let's say a prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, um, again, I want to thank you for this weekend. Uh, I look forward to the men's retreat every year, um, the time I get to spend with these guys and learn from them and watch them interact with each other, how I'm supposed to interact with each other, with them. Um, it's just a great time for growth and for learning. Um, please be with us as dads. People are going to become dads or act as dads. And um, let, let us let your word speak to us. Um, speak through me. Uh, I, I don't know a whole lot, but you do. Speak through me and um, let something I say be worthwhile to these guys. Let them learn from your word. And uh, bless this time with, for us today, Father. To your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so I, I, I was looking at my life, and um, I'm, a fa- I'm a dad of three, a father of two. Um, I have, I'm a dad of, t- of uh, uh, a three-year-old little girl, an almost six-year-old little girl, and a 21-year-old boy. I'm a father of two girls. Um, Zach Coley has moved into our house, and since Zach was 14, I have been like a dad to him. Um, I, I have... Uh, helped him with girl problems um i have helped him with job problems with car problems with boy problems um he's he's been like my son and so i've gotten to grow in being a dad before i actually my children are actually that age and it's been really helpful um in dealing with my own kids and and working with the youth group itself um i have gotten to learn from you guys a lot of you, um, how to raise children. Um, and, and, and they're not even my own kids yet. I'm, I'm raising teenagers and I'm raising people who are going to the campus ministry. I'm not, well, I'm not raising them. I'm helping you guys raise them. And I'm learning, um, I'm learning the good and the bad and the ugly of parenting by watching other people. And it's been awesome for me and for Cassie to learn how to be better parents. Um, we each have sets of parents and we're both lucky that our parents are still together. So we had good examples there too. Um, but I wanted to start off my lesson today telling you guys a story, and it's one of my favorite stories of my children right now. Um, my daughter, Kara, is the source of incredible frustration and incredible joy, all wrapped up in one. And, uh, and I say that because she is just like me. Jim will agree with me completely that Kara is a little girl version of me. Um, a few months ago... We're sitting at the dinner table, and Kara doesn't have a filter. Whatever she thinks, she out. And it's not just speaking like a little girl, it's yelling. We're sitting at the dinner table eating dinner, and she's sitting there, and all of a sudden, I have to poop! <gasps> okay, go potty. So she gets up and she runs off, and we continue with dinner. She's old enough, she can wipe her own butt, it's fine. Well, we're sitting there talking with Blythe about something that was going on at school with her, and all of a sudden I'm like, where's Kara? It's been like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I'm going to go check on her. And I go into the bathroom. Mind you, my daughter doesn't shut the door. We were trying to work on that, but I'm like, just shut the door. I walk over there, and the door's wide open, and she's on the toilet doing work. She's sitting there. I go, are you okay? It's almost done, Daddy. And I'm like, good Lord, kid. And it's almost done, Daddy. She gets off the toilet and does her wiping business. And and I look in there, and it looks like a man just went to the bathroom. I'm like, are you okay? And she looks in the toilet and looks at me and goes, Hail Hydra. And walks out of the bathroom. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. And I'm like... 
<laughs> no, no, it's actually uh, Captain America. Captain America, sorry. I, and me and Cassie had just watched Captain America: Winter Soldier. It just came out in the in and and um and I'm like, she didn't watch that with us. And I'm like, where did that come from? So, being the good father that I am, I posted. The, uh, the, uh, <laughs> well, being the good father that I am, I posted it to Facebook, and and uh, some people came back and posted. And one of them was like, "Oh, we watch Agents of Shield as a family. That's where we get it." I'm like, "Oh, that was like our go-to thing." Is me, Blythe, and Kara would sit down and watch Marvel Agents of Shield. And I didn't catch that they were saying Hail Hydra in Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm just like, the things our kids pick up on blows my mind sometimes. I'm like, this little three-year-old little girl does some work on the toilet and looks at me and goes, Hail Hydra. How she thought to connect those two, I have no idea. Um, I've been reading some stuff. Uh, there's some books. The, the reason I wanted to do this lesson is I've been reading some stuff that I wanted to share with you guys. I hope it's eye-opening to you because it was eye-opening to me. And I'm like, whoa. Um, there's a book I've been reading called Strong Father, Strong Daughters by Dr. Meg Meeker. And she's a Christian child psychologist. And the book necessarily isn't Christian, but you can totally tell there's Christian undertones to it. And she's been teaching me some eye-opening things about my daughters that I, I think I knew, but I never had terms to put it in. And it's been really cool. Um, and also there's a... Um, Danny was talking last night. Danny was talking about last night. Get in your word and get in... We have no excuse not to be learning. Um, I subscribe to podcasts. And um, for some reason right now, it's never been a struggle for me, but for some reason right now, to have a quiet time is a struggle. Um, to be able to focus and just do it. So I've, I've been like doubling up. So I'm, I'm learning something. Um, I have two podcasts I listen to. One is Kairos Audio Podcast, but the other one is Christian Dad's Podcast. And it's been really cool. And I'm going to share stuff that I'm learning from that too. But I just looked at what some of the scriptures said about us as dads. And there's an there's a undertone that just stands out. Um, Proverbs 4 is... Uh, a chapter talking to a son from a dad. Proverbs 4.1 says, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. And the whole chapter is about listening and, and gaining understanding. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them down on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And then in Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So I'm reading these passages on fatherhood, on being a dad. And there's this underlying tone of train your children. Train your children. Show them what God's Word says. And I'm like, I think God wants us to train our children and show them what His Word says. I think it's like, oh, oh, hey. So um, as dads, we bear a heavy responsibility. Um, Our sons look to us to see what godly masculinity looks like. Our daughters look to us to see how a godly man treats a woman. Our sons look to us 
for um, confirmation that they're becoming godly men. And our daughters look to us for protection and for comfort. And I'm going to be honest. I am not always the most patient person. I'm patient with everybody else's kids but my own. And there's something that I'm learning, and I'm, I'm going I'm to share to you guys about this. Our children develop a sense of how they relate to God by how they relate to us. That's right. There are so many kids that I have studied with who haven't become Christians because they think God is mad at them, and they think God hates them. And it's weird because they think their dad is always mad at them, and their dad hates them. I don't want my daughters to think that God doesn't love them because I don't. So, this uh, Christian Dads podcast, um, it's not the only place that I've heard this taught in the past two months. There's been three places that have taught me how to be a better dad using 1 Corinthians 13. And that's what I really want to share with you guys today. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. You guys probably all know it and can almost quote it. It says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love is patient. Well, before we do that, do you guys realize that we're taught that God is love and that we are supposed to love like God? So, the first thing that stood out to me is God is patient with Mike. God is kind to Mike. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor Mike. God is not self-seeking. He's not easily angered with Mike. He doesn't keep keep Mike's record of wrongs. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres with Mike. And I am supposed to do that with my daughters and with Zach and with everyone around me, but we're talking about dads. So, love is patient. Mike is supposed to be patient. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we're at Nick and Bree's house, and there was a Halloween party. And um, this is just one example, because this has been going on uh, for a few weeks, and most of you guys have been there. But um, Kara is going through a stage right now to where she's very rebellious. Now, she's only three, so I can just grab her. Um, but we get a lot of screaming and a lot of yelling. And so we're at Nick and Bree's house, and, and Blythe, Cara, and Mila are having fun, and there's a couple other kids there, and they're having a blast, and they don't want to go home, but it's like 9.30, and our girls usually are in bed by 8, and so they're already tired. I know what's going to happen. They're just going to fall over asleep somewhere. Um, so we're like, it's time to go. And Cara stands there and screams at the top of her lungs for like five minutes. No! No! In the middle of everyone. And I'm sitting there, I'm like... (laughs) I can see how some people shake their children. (laughs) Not really. I love my child. But it's like... (laughs) Girl, you need to knock this crap out. Go to the corner. And so she's standing in the corner, screaming, screaming, screaming. Cassie goes over and talks to her. Cassie goes over and talks to her. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Finally, I go over there. I take her in the bathroom. I'm like, listen here. 
I love you so much. <laughs> I'm not telling her I love her. I'm telling me I love her. And I'm like, you need to stop. And we don't say, it, me and Cassie have made a decision, it's not about us. Right. We don't say, you're not doing what I told you to do. You are not being good to me. We take it and we talk to her about what the Bible says. We says, God says to honor your parents. And what did we tell you to do? You told me not to scream. Is God happy with your decision right now? No. Does God love you? Yes. So, do you love God? Yes. What do you need to do? I'm sorry, Mommy. I'm sorry, Daddy. I love you. I don't, I don't want to scream. I'm not going to scream anymore. Okay. So then she had to apologize to everybody in the room because she was interrupting everybody. So we made her apologize to everybody in the room. Love is patient. If I wasn't patient with my child right there, people could have called DCFS on me. So Mike is patient with Cara. Mike is kind. When I'm Okay, the, there are times when you are supposed to be angry. There are times when you're supposed to be stern with your children. But there's never a time when you're supposed to be unkind to them. Um, you can be stern and you can be discipline, disciplining them, but you can still be kind. I think it's a kindness to discipline my children. The Bible says I'm supposed to. And I've seen the kids who aren't disciplined. I think it's a kindness to discipline my children, but I can be mean about it if I'm not careful. So in that, I need to be kind to them. When they're hurting, I'm the guy that says, shake it off. And the one day I told my daughter to shake it off, turns out she's allergic to amoxicillin. And Kara's sitting there, Daddy, my hand itches. My hand itches. I'm like, you're fine. It's just dry skin. We'll put some lotion on it. I put lotion on it. Daddy, my hand itches. It's fine. Well, then Cassie goes into the bed and checks on her. Michael, her hand's swollen. What? And it was like swollen. I'm like, crap. I was not kind. I was just dismissing her. I need to make sure that no matter how annoying it can be, I need to make sure I'm kind. Um, I want to skip down to proud. Mike is not proud when it comes to being a dad. How often do you guys seek advice on being a dad? For me, I've had some great teachers in my life. I've had Alan, I've had Gary, I've had Tim, I've had Mike, and I've had Jim. I've had my dad. My dad's not always a great teacher. Um, But I've had teachers in my life, and I'm not ashamed to be like, I can't, I don't know what to do. There's been times I've gone to Alan, I'm like, I'm not sure what to do with this. And and he's usually like, it's just, just roll with it. (laughs) But, but But are you guys seeking advice with stuff you don't know how to handle. I mean, I know in the ne- within the next eight years, this is uncharted te- territory for me. I've worked with kids from 13 on and from 6 down. So in between 6 and 13, I'm like, okay, there is puberty in there. And I have two daughters. I'm going to be seeking advice. I know I'm going to be. But are you guys too proud to ask for help? to ask for advice, to read books, to look at stuff that God's Word says, to talk to your Christian brothers. Don't be, because your children need you. God needs you. We need strong men in these families so that when the time comes and you don't know what to do, you have men around you to support for support so you can ask for help. It does not dishonor others.
I'm rude to my daughters sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes I'm rude to them. Especially when it's been a really long day and I'm tired. And they say something and they're just, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Just go. And I can dishonor them by not allowing them to be kids. They're six and three. And I'm like, ah. and And I've noticed that if I'm not careful, now that Zach's living with us, if I'm not careful with my attitude, it rubs off on him. Me and Cassie have had to have conversations that the way I treat Cassie and my daughters is how Zach is going to treat them that day. And that makes me wonder with my own kids, if they see how I treat my wife, how I treat them, are they seeing something that's honorable? They, they, they see how um, we treat strangers. And, and we are super kind to strangers. Our daughters love serving people. But do they see me being kind to the people that are closest to me? Sometimes we have it backwards where we're super kind to strangers and we're dishonoring to the people who are closest to us. What example are we leading them? It's not self-seeking. Oh, my goodness. I love watching certain television programs. Um, right now, our go-to television program is House MD. I didn't watch it while I was on TV. We're already into the fourth season. It's, I love the show. We don't watch it with my daughters. They, they, they don't watch it. It's not, ne- not necessarily a bad show, but there's a lot there that I don't want them to have. Like, why are they cutting that person open? Is that their organ? No. Um, so for me, control of the TV is, is sometimes a selfish thing for me. So I've really learned to relinquish control when the girls time to watch TV. Um, I'm not a brony. I am not a brony. And Mike knows what a brony is. He's laughing. Yeah, apparently he's the only one. Um, it's a My Pretty Pony. Uh, uh, my Little Ponies. Yeah. Um, I, I am not a brony. Um, yeah. But I have seen almost every single episode of My Little Ponies. Because I'm not self-seeking. I don't want my own thing. I don't have to be selfish about this stuff. Um, <laughs> I know all of the Tinkerbell lore. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I know everything there's to know about Tinkerbell right now. And Frozen. I could sing you the soundtrack to Frozen. And if I don't sing it right, I get in trouble. Um, yeah, uh, they're into this thing now called Monster High. I draw a line. I just, <laughs> yep. You girls can go watch that. Daddy's going to go watch something in the bedroom. But you can watch that. But it's not just self-seeking is not just about being selfish. Um, am I doing stuff to make me look better? And are my daughters seeing that? Um, I, it would be very easy for me to make everything about me. Um, to pro- promote myself. In fact, Cassie and I have talked about this in the past where sometimes it seems that I'm promoting me. And I don't want that. I want my daughters to see somebody who's selfless, somebody who's humble. Uh, the next one is not easily angered. This ties right in with patience. <laughs> and and I, I lose my cool with my daughters, um, not as often as I used to. Um, I've been challenged by people closest to me. Like, Mike, you're really harsh with your daughters sometimes. 
and, and I took that to heart. And I really try, really try. Um, if you're going to, uh, what, what is it? The, my daughter has a, a saying, if you're going to roar, count to four or something like that. <laughs> Before you roar, count to four. And, and Kara, we, we taught Kara this because she goes zero to yell in nothing. So we're teaching her, before you roar, count to four. And I'm like, that's really good. Before you roar, count to four. Two, three, four. Kara, or Blythe, or Zach, or Eli, which is our dog. Um, it's like, okay, before you roar, count to four. Are we getting easily angered with our daughters, with our sons? A lot of the time I have to remind myself, they're three, they're six, and they're an idiot 21-year-old. He's in the other class, right? He's not here. He's a, he, had, he couldn't get off work today. He has to work five to five today. Oh. Yeah, I go, welcome to big boy pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's going to listen to this later, so I, hi, Zach. Um, but... Are we getting easily angered? I mean, I try to leave work at home. Um, I, I, I'm a supervisor at a steel shop. I had um, a really good crew, um, and then one of them started slacking off, and he got fired. And then my two really good welders walked out on me. And so two of my brake press operators are also welders. We moved them to welding. Yay, we hired new, new brake press operators. My most experienced brake press operator has six months of training under his belt. And so work has been really frustrating to me. And I try to leave that home. I really try to leave that home. On, on my way home, um, I, I, I made sure I set up a routine so that I'm calm by the time I get home. I, I, I turn Either I have nothing on the radio or I turn on my Christian dad's podcast and I let God talk to me. Um, or if I have nothing on the radio, I'm praying so that my frustration stays at work so that when I get home, I'm not easily angered with my daughters because I've noticed that it's not necessarily them that are making me angry. It's the stuff that led up to me getting home and the 50 million questions of, can we have a snack? When's dinner? Can we have a snack? Can we watch Monster High? Can we have a snack? When's dinner? <sighs> Are you guys have, do you have something set in place so that you know when you're getting easily angered, you have a way to calm down? Because I, I think, uh, for me, the patience and the easily angered part right now is my big struggle. Um, the patience and the easily angered. Because if I lose patience, it's just a stepping stone easily angered. Do you guys have something in place? Um, keeps no records of wrong. When you guys forgive your children, do you actually forgive them? Or do you hold it over their heads? Um, I, I have, there's been times to where Blythe or Kara has done something like a week ago. And here they're doing something in the same situation. And I haven't let go of what happened a week ago and expected them to grow from it. I'm like, okay, you better not. And Cass is like, I thought you forgave them about that. Oh. Okay. So, I need to expect that I've trained them to move, to grow from that point. 
but sometimes I catch myself remembering old wrongs. And sometimes we need to remember some stuff, but we hold on to all, I hold on, I'm not, I keep saying we. I tend to hold on to some stuff and, and hold it against people. And I've really tried to work on that, and I'm going to keep working on that. But are you guys, when you forgive your children, are you actually forgiving them? The, the last thing I want to talk about um, is this last sentence. Love does not, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. In that book, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, there's a story. And um, I was sitting at work, and I was almost crying in the break room because I was reading the story. And um, what happened was, is there's this girl, and she wasn't getting the infection and the attention that she craved from her father. So she sought it from boys. And, and in the process, she was raped. And when she told her dad, he pulled away even further. And so now she's in this counseling session with this doctor. And the doctor's writing this down in the book, talking about how this girl is just a hot mess, just broken. And, and they track it back. And what she really craved was the attention, the love, and the comfort from her dad. So the doctor calls the dad in, and um, she's having a private conversation with the dad, and she's talking about what's going on with his daughter and how she craves this attention from him, how she needs it to help heal, to help grow. She needs this attention from her dad. So why aren't you giving it to him, giving it to her? And it comes out that for however many years the dad's been addicted to pornography. And it started when she was just an itty-bitty little kid. Now this girl is a teenager, and she developed. And as she developed, she started looking like the women the dad was watching. And the dad couldn't handle it and pulled away from her. He felt guilty if he was to hug her because she looked like the women he was watching on his computer. He couldn't hug her. Love does not delight in evil. There is sin that holds us back as dads. It may be selfishness. It may be pornography. It may be something. But you guys have to work through your, your, your sin. Secret sin affects everyone. It doesn't just affect you. Um, if we just look at pornography, you guys have all probably heard how it changes the chemistry in your head. How it rewires your brain. Your secret sin will destroy your family secret anything will destroy your family love does not delight in evil if you guys have something you need to deal with you got to get it out and you got to talk about it because it's going to eat you alive uh danny was it you who said acid in a bottle eats through was that you last night somebody talked about something with acid in a container just you know maybe it was the podcast i was listening to it's probably a podcast because he was talking about anger and anger inside of you will eat away and so will sin sin will just eat out Whatever container's in it, it's going to destroy you from the inside out. And then it's going to destroy those around you. It is not easily angered. And you protect your family. You protect your family by getting your sin out. You protect your family by not allowing your family to sin. You, you protect your daughters, your sons, by guiding them in the truth. That's why the Bible emphasizes so often, like we read, training. Training in righteousness. Are you sharing with your children Bible are you talking about what's going on in your life my daughters to an extent they don't know everything 
but they know what me and Cassie struggle with. If we screw up, we talk to our girls about it. Like, if I lose my cool, I sit my daughters down and I apologize to them. Um, going off of that, I want to share some stuff with you guys before I finish. Um, some things that I've learned that have helped our family, um, my daughters be really close. We have open dialogue. My daughters know they can talk to me about anything, and they're only six and three. And they've asked some really good questions. Um, I can think of a few weeks ago was the first time Blythe found out not everybody's going to heaven. Because we were talking, and we were talking, I forget how we got there, but we were talking about somebody who had died, and they were obviously not a Christian. And Blythe goes, well, at least they're in heaven with Jesus. And I was like, baby, not everybody's in heaven with Jesus. And she was like, what? And it was heartbreaking, because I was a little bit of innocence my daughter lost. But... I'm not, I, to an extent, I'm going to explain to her that not everybody loves Jesus. And to get to heaven, you need to love Jesus. So, you've got to share the truth with your children. Um, here's some things that I've learned from you guys um, that have helped my children, um, that are helping my children. Uh, number one, this is, this is one of our big rules in our house. We eat at the dinner table. Um, the Kiffmeyers have taught me this. Um, if you're in my house at dinner time and it's not something special, you're eating with us. Even if you haven't eaten, you're at least at the dinner table. Um, there, there's uh, some of you have been at my house at dinner time, and if we're not, sometimes we have special things where we watch TV while we eat. Uh, we that we do that sometimes for family night, but. Most of the time, we're at our dinner table. Um, even if uh, people who haven't eaten um, or have eaten are at our house, they're not just off doing something. It's, it's one of our rules to where we sit, we talk about our day, we talk about what's going on in our lives. And um, I've had um, kids come up to me uh, who we've been reaching out to. I've had adults come up to me who we've been reaching out to and talk about how their family at dinner time in my house. And that's what we're trying to teach our daughters, is that if you're in our house at dinner time, you are family. And we want our daughters to be able to share that. Um, something that uh, is really important in my, in, in my family is I do not let my wife be the bad guy 100% of the time. Um, sometimes I'm the bad guy, and I'm the one who takes away the My Little Ponies for a week or um, the Monster High for a week. I need to be the, the father figure. I need to be the one. They need to see that I have authority and that they need to obey it. Sometimes Cassie's the bad guy because sometimes I'm not there and sometimes it takes mom. But I don't let her do it 100% of the time. It should be at least 50-50, if not more on me. Um, something that we do, um, we read with our children. Um, we, we read the Bible. We read other books. But we take that time to sit down and read. Uh, the girls have a, a lot of time for TV, and, and we don't always stick to it. But when we get to the point... Um, in the evening, it's usually between 7 and 7.30. It's time to read a book. And so we read. And the girls really love... Uh, Jim showed me the version for kids a while ago. The girls love that. 
they get a Bible story and it's interactive and there's sound and they're like, look, I can make the donkey jump. They love it. And they learn about Jesus. Um, something else that we've learned is to have a routine. Uh, my daughters need a routine, um, especially at bedtime. We, we, uh, it's bath, book, song, prayer, sleep. And if I mess up that routine, they tell me. <laughs> They're like, Daddy, we didn't pray yet. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to sing uh, uh, second. I wanted to pray first. Daddy, no. Okay. Um, when, when it's bath time or bedtime, don't let your wife do it all. Uh, be involved in that routine. Be involved in bath time. Be involved in bedtime. I am not involved with Blythe's bath time anymore. Uh, I haven't been for two years. And it's coming up on the point where I won't be involved in Cara's bath time anymore. But I will be involved in bedtime. Um, I will be involved in reading and praying and singing and tucking them in. Uh, if I don't give... Okay, I built a bunk bed. And Blythe is on the top. It's a tree house. And I made sure when I built this bunk bed, I cut holes in the tree where Blythe sleeps. So I can reach up in there and give her a hug because I built it really tall and it's hard for me to get up in there. But I can give her a hug and a kiss. And if I don't give a hug and a kiss a certain way to each girl, bedtime is not going right. I have to reach one arm through the one tree hole and wrap it around her and bring it in. And she kisses me through another tree hole and says goodnight. Then I get down and I give Cara a big hug. I give her a kiss. We give nose kisses. She gives me a kiss on the forehead and a big hug. And then it's good. If I don't do that, (laughs) we have created a routine. And if I don't do that and I walk out of the room and I shut the door, Yeah. Oh, give me nose kisses. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, something we do with our daughters is we pray with them. That's another thing that I've been taught. Pray with your children. And, and don't just pray, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. Good night. No. That's what I did as a kid. My daughter Blythe makes me cry sometimes when I pray. Oh my goodness, she learned from her mama how to pray. And she, at bedtime, oh my goodness, you should hear that girl pray. Dear God, thank you so much for healing Daddy's tummy. Um, please heal Papa. We love him. Um, please, there's a lot of people hurt in the world, God, and, and, and we have friends and family who are hurt, and it's our only hope that you heal them. I am not making that up. That is my six-year-old daughter. Her mama has taught her how to pray because that did not come from me. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, ooh. And then Carl's like, thank you for Miss Walker, thank you for Miss McGowan, and thank you for, and I love you, amen. <laughs> okay, we're going to get somewhere with Cara. But Blythe, oh my goodness, that girl. And, and Brian came up to me last week. He goes, will you have your kids pray, pray for our house? I was like, Yeah because I'll have Blythe pray. And so I was like, so she's sitting there praying the one night, uh, that night, and I'm like, she's doing her prayer thing. I go, don't forget to pray for Brian and Jaffer's house. Oh, God, please help help with Brian and Jaffer's house. Please. I'm like, oh, they're getting the house. (laughs) Jesus is upstairs. Oh, my goodness, that girl can pray. Um, The last thing I have on my list that is huge um, in our family 
is admit when you're wrong. Um, for our kids, I don't want them to see me as perfect super dad, and I don't. And Cassie doesn't want them to see her as perfect super mom. Um, when we are wrong, we go to them and we get down on their level, and we say we are wrong, and we ask for their forgiveness. Um, that goes back to the love is not proud. I am not too proud to get on my knees and ask my daughter for their forgiveness when I am wrong. Now, it doesn't happen that often, so... Uh, <laughs> no, it happens, it happens pretty often. And, and my, daughters, my daughters know, we have taught them what forgiveness means. I don't think they understand completely what that is yet, but we're teaching them when you're wrong, and you know you're wrong, you go and you try to make it right. You say, I am sorry I was wrong. Usually it's, I'm sorry I was not patient with you, or I'm sorry I, was, I got angry with you. I should not have. Will you please forgive me? And usually it's, yeah, I get tackled and I get kisses, and it's awesome. But are you guys too proud to ask for your children's forgiveness? Are you too proud to go to a 2-year-old and say, I'm sorry? Are you too proud to go to a 22-year-old and say, I'm sorry? Or, or do your children see, my dad was wrong. And he came to me, and he said he was sorry. And I got to see a man of God ask for forgiveness. I really hope that something I said was, was, was cool. This is what I'm learning. Um, like I said, I'm reading books. I'm, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm in God's Word. I'm looking at how to become a better godly dad. And I want to challenge you guys. Work at becoming a better godly dad. Um, Everybody can be. Every person who's had a child is a father, but not everybody's a dad. And so, your ch- our children need to see us humble, but also need to see us firm in, in on God's word. Are 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 they breaking God's word? You need to stand firm on God's word and say this is what God's word says. They also need to see that we are obeying God's word too. And 1 Corinthians 13 has been really challenging to me now that I'm looking at it as, oh, I'm supposed to do this to my daughters. I should have known that all along, but it's just really helping me. So I'm going to say a prayer. Um, They're probably not done yet. If they are, great. I actually went longer than I thought I would. Um, And then uh, we'll see how the husband's brother's thing works out, or son's thing works out. So, will you pray with me? Um, Heavenly Father, um, please uh, work through us and in us to become better dads. I know for me, there's a lot of struggles that I have with my patience and with my easily angered part of this chapter, but I already see you working on me. Please continue that work. Um, Help me to to stay humble and um, not forget why I'm doing this. I want my daughters to to love you, and I want them to follow you, and I want to see them in heaven one day. And that is my responsibility, to lead them the way that your word tells me to. Thank you so much for the men in this room who have already helped me become a a better dad. And um, thank you for this church who's helped me be a better dad as well. I love you, Father. In your name I pray. Amen.